Welcome, travelers. We're aware that your journey was difficult, but prepare to have your questions answered, for you have been granted an audience with the Masters of Mod. And welcome back to Masters of Modern! I'm your host, Alex Kessler. We're here with my co-host, Ben Bateman. Ah, 2017, New Year, woo! What's up, guys? How's it going? Happy holidays, happy 2017. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, t- today, is our, today is the first spoiler on the MM cast of the year. Woo! Yeah, this is exciting. I man. think this is, I also think this is maybe the most powerful spoiler we've done. It's an effing sweet spoiler. Yeah. It's totally it's sweet. It's so sweet. Yeah. Uh, I, I think this card's awesome. And I, it's got good pedigree. Yeah. Well, the beauty was like, so we'll, we usually get these cards like a, a little early. A little it's, got, it's got a perfect name for this podcast. It does. It does. We'll get the card a little early, and then we have to we have to sit on it because we you know we, we obviously can't spoil it until we're allowed to spoil it. And this one morning, I get this I get this uh, text from Kessler. Oh yeah, this and is it bad. has the card, and I like look at it, and I was like, oh, what a cool card that was spoiled. This is great. And I was like, I like was like fiddling around, like didn't even really register that this was like secret information that no one had. <laughs> I was like I was like looking around on Twitter. I was like, I wonder if people are talking about it. I was like, hmm. No one's talking about it. Maybe it's not as good as I think. And I was like, should I tweet about it? Maybe I'll tweet about it. I was like, no, I'll get back to that later. And like forgot about <laughs> it. And then like later in the day, later in the day, Kessler was like, I was like, did you see that card? And he was like, I was like, oh yeah, you sent it to me. He's like, that's our spoiler card. I was like, maybe you don't text it to me. Maybe like give me some context. In my defense, it said it had, it had everything. Uh, okay. He just texted me a picture. Well, I'm glad that didn't happen because then we don't have wizards, lawyeries, people hunting us down, and that will never happen again. Uh, <laughs> uh, for well, those last listening, time, the last time but, you were much better about it. You were, you e- the last two times you've emailed me the card with all the correct information. That's like this is our spoiler card. Here's all the context. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> it's super uh, sweet. Though, it's guys. super sweet. The is art's the cool. Uh, the name's fitting. Converting mana cost is great. As a as a uh, a slight hint before we get into news and talk about inventions before we get into the spoiler, I, I think we should just talk about it now and then we'll get into the inventions and we'll talk about where it's relevant. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cost, ca- it costs one black. It's called Fatal Push. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> fatal Push. <laughs> I think it's pronounced fetal. Um, it's an instant. Uh, destroy target creature if it has converted mana cost two or less. And then it has the ability revolt. Destroy that creature if it has converted mana cost four or less. Instead of instead, if a permanent you controlled left the battlefield this turn. So, so, so a few things. First, revolt is a new, um, uh, I think it's keyword. It's ability word. It's the one with the asterisk. So it's not like it has no meaning. It's just kind of the point at things that are relevantly similar. Yes. So like... Uh, I think battalion is a similar example. Yes. Um, basically, if if something if a permanent you control leaves the battlefield that turn, it triggers revolt. So in modern, this is super relevant, obviously, because fetch lands. So they can print this for standard easily and not really work. Like I don't think. I mean, this will be a played card in standard for sure, and it's a good card, and it doesn't only work with fetch lands. But for the sake of modern, cracking a fetch and playing this card is like really powerful. Right. It's like a very very good card and. Um, I, I, this is one of those. This is one of those times where I feel like they say they don't design for modern, but I, I'm sure that when this card came up, it was like, well, the obvious place is with a fetch land. What's the format that's most played with fetch lands? Modern. This will be really good in modern. Sure, let's do it. I think that's why they threw it at us. Yeah, seems <laughs> like it. Um, now t- to the pedigree, instant destroy target creature if it has converted mana cost two or less would be a playable card in modern already. I yeah. think like look it's, at abrupt decay. It's, it's three or less. It's but, black spell snare. Card. Yeah, but like even. <laughs> 
I th- no, I think that's exactly what it is. I think yeah. that's a great kind of point. I think Black Spell Snare is a great way to kind of think about this card. Spell Snare is one of the best, if not the best, counter spell probably in the format. There's yeah. a bunch of two or less. And this is better, theoretically, in some ways, because it's or less. So you hit one drops. Um, so this gets rid of that Birds of Paradise all the way up to that Tarmogoyf. Yeah, I mean, and that's you, just if you just cast it for its on the front cost. I mean, just right off the bat, we can name 10 creatures that are like format staple defining cards that this answers without the revolt clause you have right off the bat you have hierarch you have tarmogoyf you have delver of secrets goblin you have guide goblin guide you have let's keep idol on the great rebels you Eidolon. have um nothing in the snapcaster babes which is semi relevant um uh, but it, it also this can destroy a manland this can destroy a manland this destroys yeah. Ink Moth Nexus. Ink Moth Nexus. Everything in Infect. Yeah. Every card in Infect, pretty much every card in Burn, every card in... Infinity. Well, not every card in Infinity. Almost every card in Infinity. Every uh, every card in Infinity that you this could kill anyways. Yeah. This isn't... I guess it can't... Ca- Master of Ethereum is the weird, yep. weird side card <laughs> yep. of that deck. So, like, it's really good against these aggressive decks, which are a huge All part the of the Zoodax, format. So, Nakatl, Death Shadow. Uh, yeah, it kills Death Shadow. No problem. Yeah, that's that, pretty that sweet. little one on the top. Um, and then I guess so. So, so the point is at two mana, this Confidant. is a, a main deck super playable card. Yeah, the fact that on top of that, if you have this in your hand and you fetch, which is so regularly happening in modern, this pretty much kills every creature in the format. I like, like, the now we're talking about Kalidus, now we're talking about Siege Rhinos, though they're not seeing a ton of play. Now we're talking Sage about, rhinos. um, yeah, I said Siege, I got yeah. it right. I'm on the page here. <laughs> uh, we're talking about, you know. Uh, P and Kieran, though you're not getting the full value off of it, we're right. talking about, you know, there's so many big four-drop creatures out there that this now kind of is just a straight-up path to exile for as for black, as far as the format I mean, is concerned. Quite, how many five-minute, or five- or six-minute creatures can you think of that are played? Primeval Titan is literally the one that jumps off the page at me, and aside Your from Primetime that, Sun Titan... Reality Smasher. Sometimes. Uh, reality Smasher, yeah. So this, I mean, the Reality Smasher is relevant. Um, but... They're rare, far in between, and by that point, you should be able to upgrade your removal spell anyways to something a little bit yeah, more powerful. Totally. And on the on for the most part, these are creatures. The, if you're playing a five drop or six drop creature, they're removal resistant anyways, because right. they already have to be able to say like, "Ha ha, path, you don't bother me." So you're like, you're talking about cards that either you know, reality smasher makes you discard to be able to target it. Titan gains so much value from the first time it enters play that yeah. it doesn't even really need to attack with it to gain value off of it. Or it's been given haste. Like, there's so many of these cards that are already resistant to removal that I don't think the fact... Like, you know, uh, what's the blue-red god, for example? Is yeah, like right. The reason that sees play is because it's impossible to kill. Like, this doesn't make that better. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it, I think if it costs four, it's kind of a similar thing. It's already... You've already gotten value out of it. You know, Restoration Angel is probably going to get you some kind of a value if it comes down. Um, Kalidus... I guess Kalidus doesn't get you value when it comes down. No. No, so but but I mean yeah. Anyway, the point the, the fact of the matter is this card is very very good. It answers most things in the format. Let's start comparing it a little bit to the things that are out there. Well, first I want to get the news, and then we'll we'll. There's only only one piece of news that we can kind of talk to, and it it, it gets a little bit on reprint policy. But uh, the uh, inventions came out on Christmas, and we've gotten all of them plus two new ones, two new cards. Yeah. Um, and it was interesting because I literally had a conversation a week before talking about which locks were in, and the only lock that I missed. Um, was Planner Portal? Because oh, yeah. it was like Planner Portal's got to come out. It's like, and they're like, yeah, but Planner Portal still feel bads if you know you do it. And then it wasn't in there. But then there's the new card um, that they spoiled that is basically Planner Portal. 
Right. You want to talk about that card? Uh, it's I think it is a six mana artifact that you tap eight to take any card in. Uh, these are all the original. These are all the reprint ones. Got it. Any card in the in your deck, any permanent in the deck, and put it into play. So, oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, I th- a lot of people tweeted us being like, oh, is this going to see play in Tron? And I don't think it w- Maybe as a one of in the sideboard. That my, my issue with it is, and maybe I'm wrong. I could just be blatantly wrong because it sneaks Omniscience in the play, which is a whole other level of power that oh some goodness. other deck might take. Like Mono Blue. I could see Mono Blue Tron playing it more than I see Red Green Tron. Hmm. Just because, what would you rather do on turn seven? Play this or Karn? Or, or, hmm. and the, technically this is tapping out on turn three or four for you. Not turn seven, on seven mana. Turn three or four up for you, and doing nothing until your next turn, and that's kind of the turn that every deck kills you in Tron. So it's like a it's a cyborg card against grindier matchups when controlled. This sounds like a great card. One, so there there's something with this card. Like obviously, if you come out correctly, this card's in your opening hand. You play it, and then the next turn you tap, uh, and you you know get your sweet thing in play, which then requires you to have haste if it's a creature, or have things in your hand if it's omniscience, whatever it is. Um, it's a little clunky. It's kind of that same conversation, like you remember, like years and years and years ago it, when Modern started, and I, I built that like Turbo Mill deck that I took to a PTQ. We worked on it a bunch. It sure. was like yep. all, all the glimpses. Jace's Phantasms. No, no, this is the version before there was like creatures. Oh, okay. It was just Control, Glimpse the Unthinkable, Snapcasters. It was just trying to actually just mill you out card okay. for card, and uh, it can always get you to like you know I'd mill like forty cards, forty five cards before I would lose the game inevitably. There was a conversation we had about the card Keening Stone. Because the idea was, like, all you have to do is resolve Keening Stone. By the time you play this card with the cards in the deck, you'll activate it once and win the game. They'll, you'll, you'll, you'll always have 30 cards. Yeah, yeah. And there's just not... It's too much to have to play a 6-drop, untap, and then activate a 6-drop. Right. It's the same... It's not the same thing, obviously, because, like... But Tron it kind of, produces that amount of mana on, uh, at a much higher rate. But at a much higher I, rate. I, I, I think... This is a great. If I was playing Tron, I would have this as a one of them my sideboard, and against Jun decks or against any kind of controlly matchup, Jeskai decks, I would just bring this out of the side. Yeah, it's definitely like mind a you sweet that idea. this is a deck that wrecks Tron. Like it's not like Tron is having trouble with those decks anyways. So right. it's kind of like it's a sideboard card for decks it already is good against. Feels a bit win more. The reason the Planeswalkers, yeah. the reason you can get away with playing those Planeswalkers the way you do is because they're giant cards that come down and do something really good. Right. So you get to play them and then they get value. And then if you untap and they don't find a way to answer them, which they usually can't, you then just take over the game. Right. Um, the other card, uh, the other card that was spoiled that was a new card uh, is, a, I don't, I think it's, uh, I forget what it's called, but it's five mana. Uh, whenever you cast a spell, untap all non-land permanents you control. It's a five mana artifact. Oh, this one I must have missed. It's it's like got crazy combo potential. I'm not positive exactly what that combo looks like, but every single person online is like, oh, this card is broken. <laughs> oh. So most likely it's like just it'll go infinite in some way. So look, look out for that. Do you want to just go over some of the highlights of the beautiful reprints while I look that card up to see if I can find it? Yeah. uh, The first one that I want to bring up, and this is the one that I wanted the rant on online, but I kind of resisted, is Ornithopter. Uh, People are kind of hating on the fact that, oh, but getting an Ornithopter is feel-bads. I disagree fully. Yeah, I agree. Because this is a card you want four of. Ornithopter has seen play in every format it's legal in, I think, forever. So, like, yes, this has been reprinted a bunch, and it's like a kind of a... a, bad air quotes creature but uh, this card people are going to want it uh, I, and the art looks great if you're foiling out your affinity deck you're going to need four of these so like the price is always going to be void versus something like i don't know meek stone or i think there's even a better one there's a gate here defense grid. defense grid like yeah. how many people are playing defense grid regularly so like 
I definitely think this is a better card. Um, yeah, Arcbound Ravager. Affinity's just got a lot more expensive. <coughs> um, I can't find the card you're talking about. Weird. Anyway, I guess we'll... Uh... Oh, wait, wait, I got it. It's a white card. No, it's not. Really? It's black. It's an artifact because it's an invention. Well, I don't have it here. Oh, okay. there, I just found it. I just found it. It's called Paradox Engine. Yes, Paradox Engine. Paradox Engine. Should we talk about it now, or should we wait to do it on the spoiler episode? Yeah, do the spoiler episode. I think we talked about it enough. Okay. There's a lot of sweet inventions here. Uh, uh, you know, Almost all of them are modern relevant. Something I do want to bring up is this is kind of their solution to how to get modern cards, because I do think inventions perceptively make modern cheaper. Not like by significant amounts, but they do lower the price of the cards when they come out. Like if you look at fetch lands, they're not skyrocketing right now, partly because of how many Oath and expeditions, expeditions came out of them. And I think that is relevant and people kind of don't give it enough credit. Um, it also makes standard way cheaper. So this is like one of their grand solutions to making the format less expensive. And I think it's working. I think it's actually doing something. Um, and it adds something like really, really exciting. And snaring bridge looks really, is really sweet. I, it's funny because you the bridge part is actually underneath the text box. So you just kind of see the weird claw hands on top, the it, ensnaring part. Is an extra planar lens, is that the one you were telling me about, that through the thing you can see something here? Uh, extra, Yeah, so extra planar lens, the, the cool thing about that is if you look at it, uh, you see um, Amaket through it. You see the giant, uh, what's his face horns, uh, Nicol Bolas horns. Yeah. That's like in the Amaket splash art. Mm. So looks like we're taking a portal to Amaket. Yeah. That's what the story said. I mean, the last story that I read was the Rashmi kind of invented planar portals, and she started, I think, with what I guess is going to be extra planar lens, and then she later created this giant planar portal that is the new card that we talked about, and it's going to be sweet. And the spring is when we're going to get that, which will be sweet. Yeah, yeah. we got to eat the Revolt next, and then, yeah. Affinity just got so expensive, the foil out, though. We have uh, Expedition Arcbound Ravager, Expedition... uh, Masterpiece. Invention. Masterpiece, yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh, master invention masterpiece arcbound ravager um we have ornithopter you have what's the card from last the last set the um tap to put a counter on everything uh, steel overseer steel overseer yeah um and more so yeah sorry infinity you're just more expensive now <laughs> well if you're talking about if for pe- those people that want to like trick their deck out the hardest yeah 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 um, cool. All right. Well, shall we talk about removal in modern and how this card that we just spoiled, yeah. Hightail Push, fits in? Yeah, yeah. Uh, For so those of you that don't re- recognize the silly reference, uh, we've talked about it on here before. I played a vampire in a show called Top Decking that Kessler created and produced, um, and I was called uh, Fatal. Fatal. P H E T. A-L. And, and technically, I think the episode you showed up is Fatal Attraction. And people would re- mispronounce it as fetal or yep. fetus. And uh, it was funny. It was funny. Yeah. And uh, I don't get to do the voice. If this card anymore. existed when we were recording or we were filming that show, I'm guessing the second episode you showed up might have been called Fatal Push. Yeah, because she's like pushing you away. Yeah, right. And it's your fatal. You all right. <laughs> uh, so, all right. So, basically, so this card is sweet. So, the big, the big thing we're going to talk about today well, let's is see. going through each of kind of the rem- major removal spells in Magic's format in general. Um, after we kind of go through how this card kind of fits in, because it kind of show where it kind of lies. So the question is, the first question I have for you, Kessler, what is the fourth best removal spell in modern? Well, number one is path, probably. Path and number bolt two is like, bolt. Are like a, are, number are, three is abrupt decay. I'd probably throw up there. Um, I would probably say Liliana of the Veil. So yeah, that's an interesting conversation we started having just before we went on. <laughs> um, I think that's a little. I think that's a little subjective because I as as would you say those first three are are locks? Um, 
The only one that really gets thrown in there that I think you're skipping is Dismember, which is probably you're going to go to fifth right there. No. Dismember is not even on my top five. See, I, I, think, I think Terminate's better than December, Dismember at Modern. And sees more, it definitely sees way more play than Dismember does. Yeah, maybe I guess maybe the reason I'm thinking Dismember is because it's black card, so it compares. It's, it's not a black card, though. Right. Black decks don't play. If I like the 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 reasoning behind it, that is a elf card. That is a Murpho card. That is a removal spell for decks that can't right play the removal they would like to play. Sure. So I, I guess there, I, that's where my mind. Monoblutron going with the, with the card. This card doesn't add anything to those decks. Those a lot of the decks you just mentioned that have to play Dismember are really good decks that need removal spells, and they get to play Dismember. Sure, but which that's is a why. Different... Dis- but that's but it's not because it me- it means. Well, but you're comparing an artifact that costs you four life. Like if if I was playing black, I choose uh, this spell over Dismember. The, the new card, Fatal Push, over Dismember every time. Sure. Okay. So strike from the record that I I called it a black card. So what I'm trying to say is that I think that there's a lot of value in Dismember. You don't get out of almost any of those other cards. Yeah, but those decks only have removal spells in their sideboard. Like the like when you're looking at or maybe is one ofs or two ofs like first off dismember has such a huge cost in modern because your life total already starts so low mm, sure um th- like something like it, like merfolk I I would argue even sometimes it might be even better just to play the uh the bounce spell vapor snag vapor snag almost every single time just because those decks are beating down so just getting a blocker out of the way is more important or getting their their spell that they're gonna combo off with is more important than being able to kill an X five. Also, the format outclasses minus five, minus five so quickly. Like sure. Tarmogoyf, Dismember doesn't kill Tarmogoyf at least 30% of the time, if doesn't not more. Doesn't kill Death Shadow. Doesn't kill Death Shadow. Doesn't kill half the Eldrazi. I guess it kills all the Eldrazi. All right. So, yeah. so fine. That we, we disagree on Dismember. I think it's a little better than you're giving it credit for, but I understand what you're saying. Terminate kills all those things. Yeah. Terminate sure. sees a ton of play in Grixis and Tron. Terminate costs black red. You have to play. You have to play black red. To yeah, play there's, but there's two major decks in the format that play black and uh, red. All I'm saying is you're dis, you're discrediting something here, which is that in in the history of competitive modern, not and not even Dismember seen tons of play in the history of competitive modern. Yeah, but but, always, but never as like it's not when you when I talk about terminate, when I talk about abrupt decay, when I talk about these cards, they're four ofs in their decks. Dismember is thrown in as maybe a two of, and maybe four if you include the sideboard in decks that don't have colors that have removal spells. Terminate has not always been a four of in its decks. There was a no, period no, no, of time no, it's not always. Saw no play. Sure, and but, started seeing two ofs. But I would say then, I would say terminate saw some play. <laughs> like it's, I I hear you. Terminate's a good card. I just think we can disagree on where Dismember falls, but I think. I will agree with you that the no, top you will two, agree with me. <laughs> the top two are pretty clear. Decay, I think, is a pr- is a pretty strong argument for third. It's had a really, 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 really firm place in the format as a four of in the decks yeah, that it's, it's played. Less, it's less than it used to be, but I, I still think abrupt decay yeah. is there's a reason Jund and Junk decks are as strong as they are, and why they have to be Jund and Junk versus other colors. And abrupt decay is that reason. And Liliana is not traditionally played to just be an edict it's played for more reasons than that it just happens to have an awesome removal spell on it so i wouldn't put liliana of the veil as the fourth i don't think you can discount how important that edict effect on her because like the discard effect is also kind of just it's liliana is a whole package like everything about it is one solid thing like you can't say oh it's not played for the edict effect it's definitely played for that like you wouldn't play it if it didn't have that ability the other liliana doesn't see very much play and that doesn't have the edict effect but it's just not as good Right, because it doesn't have an edict effect, yeah. and you have to flip it. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, that's fair. So, fatal push, fatal push. I would say, in terms of power level for me, fits right there around the fourth or fifth spot. Like it's right in it's it's somewhere between fourth and sixth, depending on the things we talked about. Um, I think the fact that it's mono black. Yeah, I think I think it's better than any of the second tier burn spells. I think it's better yep. than galvanic blast. I think it's better than. Um, 
I mean, obviously, I wouldn't play this over Galvanic Blast and Affinity, but uh, that's right. a, a s- more because of the, of the burn feature. Um, burst the, Lightning. I mean, I think it's it's it does. I think it's better than uh, Journey to Nowhere as far as the Exile spells. Here's a real question because this is the real card that I think you compare this to. Yeah. Is this better than uh, the Delve Murder? Murderous Cut. Murderous Cut. Mm-hmm. I think it is. I think interesting. Cons- I think being able to kill anything. For one or any non-indestructible creature for one black mana at later in the game is important, but the fact that on turn two or turn one I can get rid of their birds of paradise is super relevant. I think it's interesting that now between, I think that it's interesting that now between this card, which profits from having more fetch lands, which the other card also profits from having more fetch lands to fill up your graveyard, mm-hmm. you could you have a legitimate you have a legitimate chance if you wanted to try to build some sort of mono black control deck, you have enough removal now. That's just really, really, really good in black. You could totally build the deck. Well, you- yeah, and and I think this fall this has a nice little test of is it good or late or early. And I think where murderous cut kind of falls away is it's not that good early. Turn one through three, which are the most important turns in Magic or in Modern. This card's a house. Murderous cut is bad. Yeah. So you if you uh, if maybe turn three if you're Grixis and you've like cast four dis, you know things that put cards in your graveyard. But even then, those resources are better used to get a Tassiger in the play than to play murderous cut. You could play this. So you could play four of these and two murderous cuts and four Lilianas, and you'd be totally set. A mono black. Yeah. Yeah. That's all you. So need. so on that note, I think the deck that you know I've, I've often brewed with the deck and the thing you always run into is is when we talked about abrupt decay. You know the two decks classically done with abrupt decay are junk Abzan, a- Abzan and, and Junt. Junt. And the thing that both of those other colors offer that's really the most important piece of those puzzles is lightning bolt and path. When you're playing junk, you have path, and that's the best removal in the format. And then if you're playing Junt, you get lightning bolt, which is the second best. And with both of those decks, you know the the one color that blue green has or black green has never really paired well with in modern is blue. And there's a few reasons for that, but I believe it's because you lose your secondary removal spell or your, your primary removal spell. You, you still have Abrupt Decay, but Abrupt Decay has its issues. Um, it's two colors and it's not enough. You need at least four. But then, yes, you have Snapcaster Mage, but what are you Snapcasting Mage on turn three? Right. And you don't have Lightning Bolt. You don't have Pathos. are so important. This theoretically can fill that spot. I think it fills that spot pretty well and allows you to take advantage of the blue spells that you would gain advantage of, like Ancestral Vision, Snapcaster Mage. You know, there's now things you can do in that deck that can be maybe a, a great answer to. I think Bug now has the ability to beat Jund and Junk one on one. I think the one other thing that you're forgetting in white, the other most important card in white is Lingering Souls. I mean, that's. Well, and red has red has really important. Like, red has Colgan's Command. I, but, I, but blue has Snapcaster Mage. So, like, the, more to the point is this Super is. Super powerful, yeah. Like, they, they all have other reasons to be those colors. The combination. But so for someone who plays Junt, who's played Junk, I've had both built, and have tried to make Bug work, the thing you always run into with Bug is oh, I don't have a removal spell to, to be. Like, Dismember's not good enough. December is awful with Snapcaster Mage. Right, it's bad. So, so what's so what's something that I think I find interesting is like Jund and Abzan decks traditionally are trying to do one of two things. They're trying to either two for one you with everything they do, mm-hmm. or they're trying to play two things, do two things in one turn when you can only do one. Sure, it's one or the other. Um, having an, another efficient piece of one mana removal that can pair with Snapcaster Mage. Or, or not even Snapcaster Mage, but just the fact that it's another efficient piece of one mana removal makes the idea of doing two things in one turn that much easier. Yep. This card will slot into those decks. I, um, I can see. I can, there's arguments to play this over Path. 
Yeah. In, in Esper decks where I really want to make Mana Leak happen, this could be better than Path because Path ramps your opponent. This doesn't. Yeah, the only issue... I mean... And, and once you get to five drops, I have Mana Leak up. So, like, there's... Yeah. The, I mean, when, the, when I look at this and I compare it to the, the top two cards, to Bolt and Path, um, unfortunately, as good as this card is, it doesn't compare to Path for me, not even close. And the reason is because you have too many things like Kitchen Finks and, and things that you... Oh, no, no, I, I'm not... Yeah, yeah, I agree. Path is better. Yeah. I mean, Path is infinitely better, but it's just because... I mean, exile is so important. It's become so important in modern. There's sure. so many things you need to be able to exile. Um, the graveyard is such an important part of the, the game that if you put things in your graveyard, it's often not good enough. But, as I mentioned, like there, there are reasons and there are times where path is bad. Yep. And A, playing both side to side. So playing path and this as your second... Like, the, Esper is another color combination, I guess, is a good argument. Esper also kind of runs short of removal spells because once you pass path... Where's your? What's the next best removal spell in Esper, which is blue, black, white for people that don't know. Yeah, I mean you have nothing in blue, so it's just gonna be. Yeah, I mean it's gonna be murderous, black, murderous, mur- cut, murderous cut, black, like black removal spells in modern are kind of vaguely mediocre. I mean, there's no gold, black. Like there are three drops. There's like the new vindicate that you lose through your life. Yeah, uh, which I think you would play anguish, as a one of. Anguish I'm making. Um, but I think that this gives both Esper. And really what this does is it helps blue-black decks that aren't playing red. Yeah, that's true. Because black-red gets Terminate, they get Colgan's Command, but blue-red, you know, the, like, red being out of the picture, this really gives a helping hand to these decks that had huge problems with having correct removal. And now Esper and Bug both kind of have this helping hand. I think that's a really big addition to the format. Yeah, I think, I mean, and, I, I definitely think this is a big addition to the format. Just, I mean, in terms of creativity, it definitely, it's funny how... It's funny how like they can print all these cards on every set. There can be so many interesting conversations about where does X, Y, or Z fit in. But when it really comes down to it, you don't get something with this power level at this cost that's going to fit into the format this well printed very often. Like It's not the same thing as Cathartic Reunion making one deck really good, or it's not the same thing as like... I'm trying to think of like the, like the just like another role player that got well, printed that was like yeah, really re- good. Removal spells generically help everyone. Yeah, removal spells, hand disruption, mana fixing. These are the kind of things that when they get printed, they all of a sudden they can go across so many decks. Right. Like Cathartic Reunion helps one deck. Yeah. Maybe two, because I've seen uh, Grishelbrand-esque decks kind of yeah. thrown around. But like this literally is a shot in the arm for the color combinations that had weaker removal but were trying to be controlly. Like because blue and black lose some of their most powerful abilities in modern because they don't have good tutors and they don't have good card draw, they don't have great card draw, and they don't have good counter spells, really, they always kind of fall behind, and this offers blue-black combinations, even just straight blue-black, which we didn't really talk about, uh, a way to kind of answer creatures in a way that's profitable for them. Definitely. I mean, yeah, it's it's not the same thing as, like, Blossoming Defense, which was our last spoiler, which is an awesome card for Infect. It's, like, amazing for Infect. But it's only amazing for Infect, and I guess maybe, like, some other, like, Death Shadow Zoo type of deck, if you're trying to protect something. Green Stompy. But, like, things that... Yeah, I agree. This, so. this this is a of the three cards we spoil, which is that, and then we've also got the him the Torak. This seems like the most generically powerful in a way that will heavily affect the format, and not in a way like this isn't going to outclass much other removal spells. I think there's an argument for murderous cut still, um, though less than. I think there's an argument for dismember, obviously, um, 
I think there's an argument for the two-color you know, removal spells because being able to catch all anything is really important. But what this does is allow deck combinations that didn't have access to good removal become relevant again. It allows Esper to answer Infect consistently. It allows it to have the eight pieces of removal you need as a minimum to be a controlly deck in this format. It allows decks like blue-black, and it allows decks to like have and bug to be able to kind of handle the field in a way that we haven't seen before. Yeah, I agree. Which is sweet. Totally sweet. I'm going to build all of those decks. <laughs> yeah, I, I, love, and I love building blocks like this. Like Esper and Bug are like my two favorite color combinations, three color combinations that I like just, they're not relevant in modern. So now yeah, I get, I'm maybe going to take another swing at those. I'm definitely really excited about that Bug deck. Yeah. I think there's a lot of cool space there. Um, sweet. Snapcaster Mage into Fatal Push. Fatal Push. Just snap, just, he shows up with his soccer ball because we're playing with the, uh, the RPTQ promo version. And he's just... Uh, Pushing people off cliffs. <laughs> Should I like if buy a playset of these and then like alter the face on the guy that's pushing the other guy to be my own face as Fatal? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and just have more douchebag like my own face on cards that I play against people. Yeah, yeah, cool. G- give him like vampire trench yeah. coaty robe. I'm glad we agree on this. Yeah, uh, cool. All right. Anything else to say on Fatal Push? Um, it's sweet. No? It's totally sweet. I think we kind of covered it. Uh, I guess the the idea of revolt. I think. The one thing I do want to bring up, because uh, this is like the keyword that I've known for a week and yeah. hasn't been spoiled, thanks yeah. to Ben not tweeting it out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's a really cool mechanic. It's definitely something that feels modern relevant, and I would definitely keep an eye on all revolt cards because of the fetchling mana base thing. It also it does force you to in the decks we've talked about or decks playing this, you no longer are like, oh man, I need to snap this this fetch off before my turn so I can have untapped mana, you will save your fetches a little bit more often just in case you need to kill something bigger. Yeah, it, it is funny, um, that, like, reading Revolt and thinking about it, and, and we're, we're referencing one very specific, which is which is a fetch land, and that's common and modern, but, like, it's such a simple and, like, elegant design. You, mm-hmm. It's kind of surprising that it hasn't happened yet because the number of things that this is going to be in reference to, I mean, they kill your thing, then all of a sudden your thing is online for the end of turn. Like, you, you know what I mean? There's You need you need a format that uh, allows it to exist. So, like, it Revolt would be really bad in a standard where there wasn't a lot of ways that stuff went from it in play to your graveyard. Yeah. But... I think with Shadows Over Innistrad and the way that they built Delirium to allow that to kind of happen a little bit more often than it normally did, plus the way that um, Aether Revolt will probably have a lot of like trinket artifacts that you know you sack for effects to gain value off yeah, of, I'd right. imagine. Um, this then offers kind of a little bit better of a... that That's the environment that these did fit in. Otherwise, it would just be... I mean, for, mind you, the first line of text is a completely serviceable card. There's totally. a reason There's a reason Spell Snare sees a ton of play in Modern. Not a ton, but sees decent of play and is one of the better counter spells is the format's made out of two drops. It's, it is funny, though, how, how format-specific this card is because I, I obviously we were talking about Modern. I'm also thinking about Highlander, and I'm like, I don't even know if this is going to be playable in Highlander. I, I think it's probably, but like... Yeah, I think this is Modern, kind of, Standard. I think... I really also like the yeah. I think that's a bad Highlander, right? Um, not like an auto include. I don't think it's an auto include. I think it's still good. I think it's I think it's comparable to Lightning Bolt and Highlander. No, you don't have the reach like that. That's like Lightning Bolt's power is the reach. But are you playing any? And in modern, if you're playing anything that does three damage to target creature only, I think this is relevantly comparable. Mm, Interesting. Or and even dismember. Like that's why I think dismember is a good kind of place to put it. Where you know. Dismember for three mana kills pretty much most things painlessly. This for one mana kills half 
of the important like this thing seems great against you specifically because you're playing a bunch of tempo drops with one tempo decks with one creature. Yeah, it's another and card then, that I probably hate playing against. <laughs> <laughs> so I definitely think this could see play. I think it's a generically I think it's one of the best removal spells ever printed. I'm gonna say it right now. I'm gonna say top ten removal spells. Easy. We couldn't I mean we I think you may even have to say well, okay, ever printed. We were talking about for modern. Yeah, top for ten. modern I think it's top ten not trying yeah, not, very hard. Yeah. Um, top ten all time. I that's think. that's extreme, but I like I mean, what? Okay, when you when you open it up to the all time list, other than Swords to Plowshares, what's the first card that's going to come to mind? That's Chain Lightning. You have Chain Lightning. You have Lightning Bolt. You have Swords to Plowshares. You have Path. Um, what else are we forgetting? That's like on the Dismember, list. Dismember, and I think in Dismember is better in Legacy than it is in Modern. Yeah, but I'm just trying. Just to from the perspective of life loss matters so much less. Legacy, you're not dead until you're dead. Where in Modern, you could be dead at ten life because yeah. they could have three bolts or they could be playing you know just that's a much more different kind of game are we forgetting any other removal spells that are like super super important uh there's the black force of will isn't that or, or snuff out oh snuff out um yeah snuff out's good there's uh edict yeah oh. there's edict there's vindicate there's innocent blood there's innocent blood is sick i want innocent blood to modern so bad Card's really good. This is close. I'll, I'll take this if I can't get innocent blood. I don't think innocent blood is ever making it in the standard. Yeah, I'll give you. I'll give you top ten. I'll get. I'll give you top ten removal spells all time. I think. Yeah. It's, I think it's fair. It's probably the back end. Yeah, yeah. Um, but sweet. So we got a top ten removal spell on the podcast as a spoiler card. Yeah. High five! Thanks all listeners for helping make that happen. Um, anything else on the format uh, as well as you know removal spells that we kind of didn't touch on? I do want to. You know, we originally had a list. Our original plan was to kind of, and we ended up talking about this card a little bit more thoroughly because it ended up being that powerful. Uh, I would say I, I do have a list of the kind of classes of removal spells in the format. Sure. So you have burn spells, which we've talked about. I think Bar Lightning Bolt is obviously the best one. I think Galvanic Class is probably second best, followed by Tarfire. Mm, only now because of Delirium, you mean? Yeah. But I think that's relevant. I don't. I mean, maybe not Tarfire, but I think. I mean, I, I would say I would say uh, if you're... and Tarmogoyf. Um, I think the Enchantment one is also really good. The Oh, Seal of Fire. Seal of Fire. Right. Again, I mean, both of those are for Tarmogoyf and for Delirium. I would I mean, when I've, whenever I've built, if you're looking for burn removal, whenever I've ever built decks and I always am like looking for that last burn spell, I always end up gravitating towards Burst Lightning. I always think having like Burst a, Lightning's fine. Yeah. Having like a one or a two of that card's really good. I just think it hasn't seen a ton of play because the sh like. You don't get to five very often? Or no, it. it what I've seen Tarfire and I've seen uh, Seal of Fire but way those more are both often. Recent since since Delirium. Well, no, but I've seen Seal of Fire forever. Part, probably because of it, it does really good things with Tarmogoyf. Yeah, like uh, and uh, Tarfire does something kind of comparable. Uh, obviously, Delirium makes them so they're like seeing actual play because Grim Flayer is a card that you want to be able to turn on. Right. Um, I I, I do see an argument. For, I, I, I oh, think that's in the class. I think you're Seal right. Seal of Fire actually to turn on our new card. That's sweet. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's sweet. That's really good. Do you need... Yeah. And like straight up black, red decks too. Yeah. Or black, red, white. What? At Mardu. That's so good. Seems sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Or I guess Mardu doesn't need help. Black, red, Jund. Black, red, blue? Is that, is that a thing? Grixis? Yeah. Grixis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, exile spells, which we talked about. Path. I, I also think, you know, we didn't really go over like the O-ring effects. There's the blue, white one that can eat all tokens. That's see, that always sees like want to play in blue, white decks. Control yeah. decks. Um uh, Journey to Nowhere sees a lot of play now in the Sun and Moon decks because yeah. it costs two mana, so Chalice of the Void doesn't turn it off. Yep. Um, I think those are the, really the main exile effects. If Mardu became a thing that was heavily played, would Chain to Rocks become a card? No. It wouldn't? No. 
You don't think so? I think the I think this removal spell is better than Chain to Rocks, and I think there's at that point you have twelve of the best. Mardu has the best removal spell. You have yeah. Lightning Bolt Path, this new card, Terminate. So you think there's like, just, it just wouldn't see it just wouldn't see play because it's just not needed. Yeah, it's like I outclassed. Mean, I was have, I've always looked at that card and been like I I feel like if you had a deck that played enough mountains. The like, problem is White Red just has the best two. Like how much more removal spells do you need than eight in White Red, which is a deck that classically is aggressive. Yeah, I mean, like, Enchant Mountain, you control. Seems really good. It costs one white. Yeah, but you have four path, four bolt already. Yeah, it's, I guess it's Would true. you ever play that over path or bolt? And then no, you're no. playing it over as the next four yeah. removal spells? And at that point, you want something more versatile anyways. Yeah. You want, like... I guess you're right. Like a exile bounce so they, spell. So, yeah. they, so they ban path. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they ban path, different conversation. Uh, kill spells we talked about. You know, you have... I would include the minus X, minus X. Something we didn't talk about is... Um, the one black minus two minus two, disfigure. Disfigure. I think has seen some play. I think the card we saw today just completely takes disfigure out of yeah, the format. Yeah, well, when, we when you were talking about when you were talking about things like uh, things that specifically deal three damage to only a creature, the, the power level in my mind immediately popped in was disfigure. It's not obviously the same thing, yeah. but it's, it's the same kind of idea. I think disfigure very, sees very more play limited. if at some point an indestructible X two yeah. becomes a major part of the format. Well, then, long, then we can talk about it. Long time ago, like in the early days of the format, the first lists that were going around. I mean, there was like bug decks and, and things, and blue black decks that were playing that were playing a couple copies of Disfigure. Right, because there wasn't good removal, and now we have this. That's what I'm saying is like the yeah. fact that the new remote this spell offers those decks that were running out to the point where they had to go to Dismember or Disfigure is like a sign that this card has a potential to help decks exist that didn't exist before. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, counter spells. Uh, you know, you could argue that these aren't removal spells, but you know, Mandalik, Roman, Spell Snare are kind of the three main ones with Cryptic Command as a fourth big daddy counterspell. And Dex will play, and like, like Delver Dex will play Pierce sometimes. Yeah, Spell Pierce. I mean, there, uh, th I think specifically has to kill creatures in yeah. this conversation. So get your, get your, uh, <laughs> spell countering spell out of here. Sure. Uh, I really, I, I do actually have been really enjoying both the Delve counterspell recently and the, oh yeah, um, Logic Knot. Logic Knot, and then the one that returns a land to your hand. Oh, Deprive. Deprive. I love. Deprive. I love both of those cards a lot. I've been I, I've been playing around with a blue white blue uh, a Just Guy list for like the last six months, and I've recently put those in, and both of them are just insanely powerful. You know what uh, Counterspell doesn't ever see play, but like it's the same card as Deprive, but it's uh, for creatures. I think it's called Familiar's Ruse. Um, I've always been. Does surprised. it return a land to your hand? No, it returns a creature, and like oh. I've always been so surprised because like there's so many creatures that have sweet ETB effects. It's so hard to keep a creature in play. Yeah, I guess so. I just always thought like, especially and, and with Snapcaster Mage, it always seemed like such a great combination with Snapcaster Mage. That's me. true. I'll it's give you that. Blue, blue, instant as additional cost to play Familiar's Ruse. Return a creature you control its owner's hand. Counter target spell. It's a hard counter. It's in, it's in lower one block. Yeah, I mean, that, I always thought that card was sweet. Like, think about. I can that. see you playing with it. I think in, Murf, in a Merfolk deck, it makes more sense. The problem is, is the decks that have more creatures, those creatures generally don't ETB. Yeah, right. And the creatures that have less creatures, this card will just be dead half the time. Mm, I true. think you'd have to play with like Mutavault or some or or one of the Mutavault or one of the um, or Sage of Epitier and the moths, Ink <laughs> Moth or or Blink Moth, so that you have. Um, a land that, at worst case scenario, you can kind of turn on for four mana sure. to, to make it happen, or three mana, make it a three mana spell. Sage of Epitier? No, never. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bounce spells, we talked, you know. Snag. Snag is really, Snag and, and Cryptic Command, I think, are the only two that are really relevant. Yeah, nobody plays on Summoner Boomerang. Yeah. Like Boomerang, I, maybe, because um, it can hit lands. I've seen those, yeah, those tempo decks, but yeah, it's not really. <laughs> I think you've brewed those tempo decks on I the podcast. Yeah, I've done that, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
Also not good. <laughs> and then Edex Liliana of the Veil being the only super relevant one. Yep. Um, yeah, those are removal spells. I think this this as a kill spell offers colors that all the other colors never had. I think it's really important. Um, yeah. So as this is the new year, uh, non-magic related conversation. Yeah. What is, give me some favorites and least favorites of the last year. Oh my God. Well, we it was the worst year for entertainment industry related deaths ever. Um, I ever think, are we uh, are you confirmed on that has that bit like has it's my opinion I mean I, I tweeted that the other night look if you if I, you just, just, I don't like I haven't been alive every year in entertainment yeah. and like there might be a year in like 1950 where like Kurt Cobain or not 1950 or like the 90s where like seven people died all over like uh, you got remember when everyone died when they were 27 like that was like that's a curse. just an age thing it's not the same year thing well like, but maybe there's a year where like yeah, we got all five at once think about it like this like did John Lennon think, and think, uh, what's her face the white dress blowing up died the same year no Okay. Think about it like this: um, you have the three that the, the three that all happened earlier in the year: David Bowie, Prince, and Muhammad Ali. All three of those are people that have been in the conversation for the quote the coolest person of all time, like Time Magazine, the coolest person of all time cover. Like all three of those at one time or another has been that person. We lost all of them in the same year. Yeah. I mean, that's astounding. You you lost one of the key characters in the most popular movie franchise ever. Just yeah, in the last pro- week. Pro- probably the strongest, most famous strong female character of all time. Yeah, I mean... Princess Leia, like Carrie Fisher passing away was, uh, yeah, probably no. the most... De- uh, of all the... I mean, obviously, I'm big into Star Wars. Probably yeah. the more depressing of the celebrity deaths of the year. And that's me personally. Obviously, all of them are extremely And sad. that's crazy. Like, when you consider that Carrie Fisher, on any on a normal year, Princess Leia would be de facto, like, the, the de facto biggest, most, like, just, like harrowing i can't believe that happened death yet like the th- other three i mentioned were were the biggest like each one was the biggest and the thing that they were in yeah i mean they uh, yeah you know what i'm saying like the the crazy 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 year well, and, and so we're not sad. even like gene wilder um alan Thicke. alan rickman alan thick uh like george michael george michael on christmas <laughs> like Debbie Reynolds, which is yeah. Carrie Fisher's mom, who died the day after her daughter died of like, Ugh. for all intents and purposes, died of a broken heart. Which there's a lot of layers in that. It was yeah, it was, that was that's rough. Yeah, it was a crazy year. It was really sad. Um, obviously, you know, there's some crazy stuff happened this year. We have a new president. Um, yeah, <laughs> be happening soon. Um, that's crazy. Uh, yeah, it was it was some of the. Uh, uh, I'll take a slightly positive side of the okay. year because I think there, there needs to be a little bit of that. Um, the 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 ice bucket challenge actually led to actual significant gains in dealing with ALS. Oh, yeah. Do you, yeah, that, that, that was, that's positive. Um, you launched a company? I launched a company. Uh, this podcast got its first spoilers. Yeah. Um, you guys, we have, like, a fan base. We met a bunch of you guys. That, that Harry really Potter has kind of come back, which you can talk about how great the things, but the fact that we're getting new content. We got Harry Potter Land. We got a new Harry mm-hmm. Potter book that was bad. <laughs> we got a Harry Potter movie that was 30% great. Rogue uh, One was totally sweet. Rogue, yeah, more continuous, great Star Wars content. Um, the... Um, yeah, I, th- I think there's a lot that happened this year that was good. Obviously, that's... I do think, movie-wise... Great year for animation. I think Zootopia, Moana, and specifically Kubo are some of the best animation mm-hmm. ever, probably. I think they all have really good strengths. I think blockbusters this year, especially the summer blockbuster season, was pretty awful. Oh, yes. On that note, real quick, 
Uh, I tried watching Suicide Squad. It's awful. It's so, so bad. Well, two things I did this I last week. I wanted to get to that. I, I to talk about it. <laughs> I watched Westworld the whole thing. Love okay. it. Um, I only have a few minutes here before I got to go, so I'll just say that Westworld I loved. I was a huge fan. Sure. Um, but Suicide Squad. Uh, and I, my girlfriend does a show called DC Movie News every week mm-hmm. on uh, the Popcorn Talk Network, and she's like one of the premier like female nerd DC people out there. Um, and she talked a lot. She has to do a show every week, so she talked. Sure for a year about this movie before it came out. The show was so excited about watching it. I heard so much about it, and the reviews when it came out were so bad that despite the fact that she was like, I have to see this several times, I didn't see it in theaters. I like, I was so deterred yeah. by the fact that like on Rotten Tomatoes, the top critic score for this movie was 19%. That I so finally. Well, I remember coming, seeing it. I saw it in Atlanta and coming, and we did the podcast. Like as soon as I got back, and I was like, "Oh, it's it's an utter garbage movie." <laughs> so on the airplane coming back from Seattle for Christmas, it was, uh, you know, it was available, and I watched the first fifteen minutes of it, and I was like, "Oh, this is pretty entertaining." I'll I'll finish this when I get home, and I go home and I pay five dollars to to rent it. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I turn after that, an that's hour. That's a pack 20, of magic cards that you'd be happier to open and be a sh- bad rare. <laughs> yeah, I turned it off. I I couldn't I couldn't watch it. I found it I found it unwatchable. I found like. All the plotting, the decisions for the villains, like it's such a mess. It's such a mess of a movie. Yeah, it was, I couldn't believe it. And I have, nothing makes sense. Like it, the some of the most boring action I've ever seen. The villains are bad. The good guys are bad. The char- the reason characters make choices don't make sense. I do know that what happened to this movie was uh, the director. I think it's David Ayer. Or that David, that Ayer, David yeah. Ayer directed the movie and came out. And it's dark and and literally the first trailer you saw with all that comedy in it was the only jokes in the entire movie. Yeah, but then the company that edited the trailer edited together basically a Guardians of the Galaxy-esque pop rock, uh, 80s pop rock referencing comedy movie, and everyone loved it. Everyone was like, oh man, that's the movie we want to see. So the studio's like, uh, hey, company that edited this trailer, why don't you edit this movie how you think it should be? And so they did the movie, and then they did reshoots for that edit. And then they combined both David Ayer's original edit with that trailer and then had another company edit those movies together, which is why this movie is such a giant mess. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like three movies edited together. None of it makes sense. It made me sad because... Uh, I think it's a bigger cardinal sin than Batman. Like, Batman and Superman I didn't like and you didn't like. Yeah. Um, but I think this is a this movie is so much worse and unforgivable versus I, I forgive the mistakes, I think, of Batman versus Superman. It sucks. I You know, I've probably mentioned this on the podcast before, but I, I have 6,000 comics in my mom's basement back in Seattle. That's That was, as a kid, comic books were my... That was the only thing I cared about. Magic cards and comic books were like my whole thing. I was a giant dork. Um, like the biggest of the big nerds. And uh, I mean, I still am, but <laughs> that's where it all comes from. So um, I like know a lot about DC history. I read a lot of DC comics. I know a lot of these characters. Uh, and I remember the era when they started making superhero movies and we kind of got lucky and it was like, wow, this is cool. Um, we get to you know see some of these characters that I remember reading the books and, and this is amazing. And then there was that dark era when they all started being horrible. The Schumacher. And, no, no, this is like post, so, so, post so X Men, Daredevil. So, so, like, X Men, Spider Man were like successes. And then Marvel went on that run with, with Hulk, Fantastic Four, Daredevil, Electra, all those movies before the reinvention with Iron Man going forward, like Marvel Studios. Right. The, the, the Daredevil, yeah. Hulk, uh, 
Electra, Dare, uh, you both Fantastic Fours, both Fantastic Fours, Spider Man Three, X Men Three, X Men yeah. Wolverine Origins. This is like literally right before Iron Man. So like yeah. Iron Man came out in two thousand. Iron Man and Wolverine Origins, I think, actually came out the same year. They did same same summer. Yeah. So, but anyway, the point is, I remember when that dark period was happening, just thinking like, oh man, they're really ruining it for all of us because these movies are terrible. And but then luckily we got saved. Like Marvel had this incredible run. DC decided that it was worth it. They were going to invest money. They were going to try to make the right kind of movies. Obviously, Green Lantern happened, but aside from that, they, this was Dark Knight. Like, I think Batman was what vaguely turned it around. And watching the Suicide Squad movie, I was just like, "This is the this is one of those examples." Same with Batman versus Superman. Where I was like, "They just it's just a combination of studio heads, comic book fans, comic book writers, people who want legitimacy, people who want darkness, and it's all just mixing together to create something that is like wholly unsatisfying." Because they, it's, it seems like there's too many sides that want something different out of this movie, and it's a bummer. I mean, even I even I even felt bad for Jared Leto because I felt like, I mean, I only watched an hour twenty, but I saw like four or five of the scenes. I felt like well, that, that's it. I think, I think. If, did you see the scene? Spoilers. It where he like leaves on the airplane. Yeah. There's like at the very end, he saves Harley Quinn from jail at the very end, but that's that's pretty much oh, the only it. other scene in the movie. So like I was I was like spoils. He's the worst Joker to ever exist. I thought he was fine. I thought his laugh was a little silly. I thought like he he didn't do it for me. Like, but the I didn't think he was bad. But I felt bad for him because I felt like that he's going to be associated with something that is such a turd that like even if he was good, it doesn't. It's not like Dark Knight's a great movie. And Heath Ledger's a great Joker, so you put the two of those together, and he gets to be a legitimate great Joker in a legitimate great movie. Even if even if Leto was great as Joker, I wouldn't have been able to take him seriously because so many of that things about that movie were so appalling. Like they just yeah, but he was uh, like yes, you could make him that, but he was bad anyways. Like I, I guess my point is is I don't even think his performance was good. I was I'm I'm a little more on the rosy side with him. I thought he was I thought he was fine. I didn't think he was great, but I didn't think he was bad. Um, Harley Quinn was like distracting because she's like smoking obviously and like she did a good enough job with what she did like i thought she was good i think i think she's a very 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 talented actress and i think she was given really 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 bad content to act on and Mm -hmm. so she did a good job with what she was given yeah and then will smith being will smith was fun i mean he's he was you know he's a movie star there's a there's a reason all the supporting characters past those three were like pretty much completely uninteresting and like a total i thought actually this is my favorite jai courtney role which is more saying that I don't like Jai Courtney and anything else, but in this nothing like him. No, I don't. I don't. It's not his looks. I think he's just like every other. Like it's crazy how good of a job he did with a character actor in such a bad movie. Like, a, yeah. like because so often he's given like leading tough guy military dude. That's boring. Yeah. And this yep. one was like, oh, he like actually made this character interesting. Yeah. Like the character doesn't do anything, which is a more of a problem with the movie. But he actually, like the casting director, deserves it. Is the only competent person on this entire movie. Yeah. Rick Flagg was terrible. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give you that. Viola Davis. What was the point? But she was, I mean, like, she acted well. Like, that's the point. Like, some of these characters, the actor was good. It was everything that yeah. they were given that was Agreed. bad. Agreed. It was, um, it was a tragic, it was a tragic slip. It's a minus 13, minus 13. Yes, because Batman died this year as well. Yeah. Because Batman vs. Superman was also bad. So you got Ugh. that morbid sugar. <laughs> Turning it back. Uh, yeah, so thanks everyone for listening. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Uh, some shout-outs. Make sure to uh, check out us on Twitter, at The Cast. If you want to see what the card looks like with the sweet art of the guy pushing another guy, go to our Instagram account. Um, it's on there. It's also probably on an imager that we've shared on Twitter. Uh, it's also probably on Reddit, so go up that thing uh i think um you can follow us you can follow us at uh, the mmcast on twitter at instagram everywhere i'm at kess wiley i'm at ben bateman media check out our youtube channel we are top decking tv on youtube 
um, where we have both the podcast, Top Decking, and some other stuff. Um, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. I won't. Ben will, though. I'll see you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be in Hong Kong again. If you're in Hong Kong, hit me up. All right. Bye. Thank you for your attention. See you later, alligator. <laughs>